0: Well, get your Bibles and let's look in First Corinthians chapter eleven this morning or this evening, not this morning. All right, let's start reading in verse twenty-three. <clears throat> he says, "For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said." Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Uh, 34, and let's keep reading. For wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, And the rest will I set in order when I come. Paul had a lot to deal with with the church at Corinth. (laughs) They had a lot of things they needed to straighten it out on. He was very gracious with them, though I always noticed that, how gracious he was with them. I want to read also in John chapter 6. We've been there for the last several weeks in John chapter 6, but Jesus it is, it's so familiar with what this is about tonight here. John chapter 6 and verse 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the, fi- at the last day. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. And then in verse 63 of John 6, he said, in an explanation of this, he said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, that gives life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So, back at the beginning of his earthly ministry, he talked about this. And then the last thing, he talked about this. That's interesting, isn't it? Must be a real important matter. Terry, you got water? You better let me have it. Uh, I think it's real. When you see something like that, it's worth stopping and studying about. It's worth trying your best to understand, asking the Lord to show you and look at because there's more there than meets the eye. I don't think I understand it yet completely. But I can see some very important things there. <clears throat> now, the reason we do the Lord's Supper, the reason we observe it is because Jesus asked us to. That's why we do it. It was his last request before he died. this that he took was what they call the last supper you know that's what it's known as this is after he was betrayed or you know the night he was betrayed observing the Lord's supper is something that's good for our relationship with him if it's done with the proper understanding it's become a lot more meaningful to me through all the years it really is. It's a. It just means a lot more to me. I know we haven't done it in a while, <laughs> and it'll be a little awkward here tonight. But nevertheless, maybe we're just too used to our customs and our uh, conveniences and everything just being so so like it's supposed to be in the Baptist church. You know, I mean, you, right. we don't have a communion table here tonight. Right. Maybe next time we will. You know we have one but it's not here <laughs> but you don't have to have a communion table to have the Lord's Supper it's not what it's about it's not about the 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 instruments it's about the Lord's blood and the Lord's body <clears throat> and it improves it, it's good for our relationship with him if it's done with the proper understanding a lot of the church in Corinth here had turned it into a, a feast of indulgence for themselves. You know, from the looks of it, from the sound of the description of it here, you know, they, were just, they had just turned it into a big drinking, drunken feast. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Would you go to a church where they got drunk at the Lord's Supper? I don't think I would. But it's also interesting to note, this was in the beginning and you've got to take that into account. They didn't have any example before them about churches and all of that. They were Gentiles. They weren't Jews. They didn't know anything about all of that. So, uh, Paul was very patient and merciful with them. I heard somebody today say that, you know, if you, if you ask the Lord for patience, does He give you patience? Or does He give you opportunity to be patient? If you ask the Lord to make your family closer, does He fill you with all kinds of fuzzy feelings? Or does He give you opportunities to love? That's how it is. If you ask the Lord for courage, does He just give you courage? Or does He give you opportunities to be courageous? That's how that thing works. So, he knew that people, well, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. The reason that he asked us to observe the Lord's Supper is because he wanted us to remember him. Isn't that kind of sad? That ought to break our heart right there. That he would have to say, remember me. That he would have to set up some ordinance of the church so we would remember him. That's sad to me. He knew how apt, selfish people would be to forget him and his great sacrifice for us. He knew that people would focus on other things about him other than his shed blood and his broken body and his death. You see, he knew how people were, are, were then, are now, will always be. The Lord's Supper is designed to draw us away from our selfish tendency to make Jesus our genie in a bottle. Or our guardian angel. Or our good luck charm. Instead of the one who died for our sins. You're not going to think of all that stuff. And how Jesus is your deliverer and protector. And he is all that. But everybody goes to that and forgets this. And that's why he set this up. So we'd never forget the reason, the core, the very purpose that he came was to die. When we remember the blood and, and his death, we're reminded why it happened. Why did it happen? Well, it was because of my sin. It was because of your sin. That's why it happened. Why was his blood shed? Why was his body broken? Why did they beat him? Why did they spit in his face? He bore our shame. It was, it was for us, it was for our sin, that he took our shame. And He still bears our shame. Our He bears our reproach. That reproach should have been ours, not His. The bread is unleavened. We were in a church one time in Mexico and they had the Lord's Supper and they had light bread. <laughs> they bought it at the store. Cut it in little pieces and had, said, that ain't important. I think it is. Yes. I think it is. They couldn't have leavened. They had to have unleavened bread, uh, 14 days before I, I'm, I didn't read it before I left so I'm mixed up they had to go there was 14 days of unleavened bread I think before the Passover and uh, why? why? this is the Passover this is what's happening here at the crucifixion it was the time of the Passover the New Testament tells us that Christ is our Passover He is the Lamb that was slain. Why did he die? Why was his blood shed? It was the only means to ever give us the opportunity to be reconciled to God who created us. We're reconciled to God by the death of his Son. That's what the scripture says. His body had to be broken his blood had to be shed because he he was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he said, except you eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, you have no part in me. And he said, if you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, I live, he lives in us and we live in him. We become one. We remember when we remember that the blood the, the blood and his death, when we remember his blood and his death, we're reminded that it was no accident. His blood was shed. It wasn't an accident. They did it on purpose. He was killed. He was put to death. That was, a, that's quite a difference. He was the sacrifice for our sin. He had to die for our sin. For us to live, he had to die. When we, when we remember the blood and we remember his body broken, then we remember that it wasn't an accident. And we remember, we're forced to remember how much he loves us then. Why would he do that for us? He loved us. That's why. For God so loved the world. That he gave. His only begotten son. That's why. He did it. The effect of all this. Should be to draw us to a closer walk. With Jesus. And with his people. Also. That's why it's called communion. Communion. That means. Join together. That means. Oneness. That means. Like-mindedness. To have communion together means we are agreed. What communion hath light with darkness? None. What communion, good and evil, can't have communion. But like-minded people can have communion. We do this together. Corporately. That means together. As a church. So that we can... Experience this together. This is not something you do. One of the radio preachers said years ago, you can have the Lord's Supper on the beach with a mountain dune and a little Debbie cake. Said that on the radio. One of those popular, well-known preachers. <clears throat> that is, and I'm jumping ahead of myself, but that is taking the Lord's Supper uh, unworthily, irreverently. You can't have the Lord's Supper on the beach By yourself with a Debbie cake and a Mountain Dew. What in the world? So, this is the object of the observation of the Lord's Supper communion. It's something that's supposed to edify the church because it edifies us individually. It brings us all back to the reason for it all. Why is the church here? He bought the church with his. Blood, the Bible tells us. So it brings our minds back on a focus and the Lord in His wisdom set this up and told us to do this in remembrance of me, He said. The context of this chapter talks about there being divisions and heresies in the church there at Corinth. So the Lord's Supper, properly observed, is a means to deal with the divisions and heresies. And again, because it brings right back to the foundation of it all. It's easy to get away from remembering that the Lord died for us, that He shed His blood, that His body was broken. Now, the Lord's Supper is a memorial set up by Jesus Himself, and it's not some mystical experience, and it isn't intended to be that. (laughs) The bread is not the body of the Lord, But it's only a symbol of the body of the Lord. We understand that. That this is symbolic. It's a memorial. So that we remember. He said, this do in remembrance of me. As oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. When you do this, think of me. That's not complicated. The Lord just wants to have our minds... And, and he set this up so that once in a while we'll do this and straighten out our minds. It's not a mystical experience and it's not the literal body of Christ. The wine's not the actual blood of the lamb, but only a symbol of his blood. And the wine is fruit of the vine. It's grape juice. It's not leavened like the bread is not leavened fermented wine is leavened what is leaven always in the bible leaven is a type of sin if he's the bread of life he's unleavened bread because he's a sinless savior he couldn't it couldn't represent him right if it was leavened the wine or the bread When we crush the bread. We're not to imagine that we're eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Don't think that. That's not what this is about. We're to remember him. Just remember that he bled. And that he died. That he suffered. How did he suffer? They beat him. They buffeted him. They mocked him. They spit on him that's suffering when we crush the bread between our teeth we're to remember that his body was broken for us when we drink the wine we're to remember that his blood was poured out for us it was my sin that was the reason for this awful thing Jesus (coughs) Jesus had to die in order to live in me think about that and then I must be crucified with Christ for Him for Him to live in me or for me to live in Him. For Him to live in me, me to live in Him, we both have to die. He died literally. We give up our life. He laid down His life. We lay down our life. But He doesn't ask us To die literally for us. He asked us to live for Him. With the life that He gives us. After He comes into us. As the bread of life. As our sustenance. As our, you know, as He's assimilated into our life. And this is to be the effect of the Lord's Supper. Get our mind straightened out in that matter. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. I always think that this needs to be addressed when we're going to take the Lord's Supper. There's a lot of misunderstanding and erroneous teaching about that verse. These misunderstandings cause a lot of people to refrain from observing the Lord's Supper. They... They think if there's anything wrong if they if they don't have you know if there's anything wrong in their life they're not worthy to drink take of the Lord's supper. That's not what it means at all. Mm-hmm. Now if you're living in continual habitual sin, yeah, you better not you better not take the Lord's supper. But I'm talking about everybody else. I've known people that wouldn't take the Lord's Supper for just some piddly little thing. That's not what he's talking about here at all. The word is an adverb. It's not a verb. Or an adjective, I mean. It's speaking of the manner in which it's done. Unworthily. It's not speaking of our worthiness to partake or not. The word actually means irreverently. If you take the Lord's Supper irreverently like they were doing here, drinking and gluttony and everything else that was going on, I mean, if you got that going on, what else you reckons going on? Everything. That fornication in the church, they had everything going on. Had people defrauding each other over money deals and going to the law, they had a mess. They needed, <laughs> They needed some preaching in that church. Irreverently. Who would claim to be worthy of the blood and the death of Christ? By taking the Lord's Supper, you're not saying, I am worthy. No. No. That's foolishness. You're remembering what He did for you. Unworthily is when you treat it as a light thing. Or... Uh, when you, like the church here, had made it into a feast in a time of indulgence and and were not observing the Lord's Supper reverently, but had turned it into an occasion to party. And he said in verse 30 of chapter 11, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Don't think that the Lord takes lightly those who treat this ordinance lightly and approach it irreverently. The Lord's Supper is not about satisfying appetites or treat it as a common meal. Tomorrow we'll have Thanksgiving out there. That's not the Lord's Supper. That's a meal together. And that's fellowship and giving of thanks we're going to do. But it's not the Lord's Supper. We're not going to call it the Lord's Supper. We're not going to say tomorrow we're doing, we're what all we're doing, we're remembering the Lord's body and blood. No. No, it's a solemn thing that's separate from everything else. Yes, sir. It's not a time to come to church to eat. It's not what it's about. No. That's why it's just a little bit. It's not a, I mean everybody don't get a whole glass and everybody don't get a whole loaf or a whole bread <laughs> pun you know you don't uh, it's not about satisfying appetites it's not about the bread and wine it's about the lord's death yes sir and it's it's not to be a time To be light and jolly, but a time of deep contemplation upon remembering the Lord's death. And then it's one of those holy things. It's not to be profaned by making it common and unclean. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. You see, that's what the scripture says. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat. No one should partake of the Lord's Supper without doing this. Unless a man examines himself, he would be approaching the matter far too lightly. You understand what I'm saying? If we don't, if we don't in, look inwardly as we do this, then we're not treating it reverently. Because we ought to do that when we come to church. We ought to do that every time we hear the Word of God preached. We ought to do that every time we read the Scripture ourselves. We ought to look inwardly and, and judge ourselves, what he's fixing to say here. But without a deep introspection of self and our own motives and relationship with God, we'd certainly be doing it unworthily, irreverently. Sirens sound like the city. It is something that deserves a lot of attention and respect and reverence. And for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. Now that's pretty, uh, that ought to catch your attention. That ought to set you back. Because it's a serious, drastic statement there. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. That means if you have known sin in your life and you won't repent of it and you don't aim to, but you're just going to go ahead and participate anyway and Try to fake your way through it. That's for you. That's for you right there. to come, This is something we ought to come to the Lord with our hearts clean. With our accounts settled. With God. You ought to be right with God to do this. That's the whole point of it all. Sum it all up into one thing. You really need to have your heart right with God before you do this. <clears throat> it's making a mockery of the memorial of the Lord's death. Can you think of anything that would be more irreverent, more uh, sacrilegious, if you will? He's manifesting the same spirit as those who crucified Him then. To treat the symbols of His blood and His death with scorn, profaneness, Derision and contempt is to show the same spirit of those who spat in his face and railed on him while he hung on the cross. Think about that. To treat it as lightly, something light, you're just like the ones who spit in his face and mocked him when he hung on the cross. To partake... Of the Lord's Supper irreverently, a person is hardening their heart and mind against God and the gospel and therefore is diminishing their hope of ever being saved. He's profaning a holy thing. God takes that very seriously. Men don't. Most church people don't. But God does. You can bank on that. There are holy things. This is one of them. He's holding up to derision and scorn the very sacred thing by which the Son of God accomplished the redemption of the world (laughs) the most important thing that ever happened more important more marvelous than the creation what Jesus did when he died and redeemed the creation That's bigger than the creation was itself. Don't do it lightly or irreverently. Then real quick, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened to the Lord that we should not be condemned to the world. This is another accomplishment of the proper observation of the Lord's Supper. It causes us to stop and judge ourselves and take account of our attitude toward Him. We're not prone to do that privately <clears throat> and in normal everyday circumstances we just don't judge ourselves. We hide most of the time. The Lord's Supper is a public thing done in, commun- in communion with the brethren and therefore provides an opportunity and an encouragement to do this. Do what? Judge yourself. Judge yourself. Look at yourself Honestly. In the light of the blood and the body and the death of Christ. God is long-suffering. Yes, He is. And patient. And therefore we have this opportunity to see our own faults and sins and turn from them before God has to deal with us about it Himself. That's what the Scripture's teaching us right here. The whole picture is that we should not be condemned with the world. That's the end. God chastens every son he receives. He doesn't let him go without correction. We read this in the scripture that we just read here. And if you're truly a child of God, you'll not be able to live in sin and get away with it. So It should be a time of great blessing and heartfelt emotion about what was done to redeem our soul. How often do you think about that? How often do you just lay everything else aside and really think on that? We just don't do it very often, do we? We're too busy figuring out what we can do, what we ought to do. (laughs) We're too busy figuring out how we can make ourselves better, how we can learn more and know more. And this is one of the ordinances of the church. That of the two. That brings us back to the. It uh, recalibrates. Our spiritual mind. Gets us back to where we need to be most of the time. Paul said I would know nothing among you save Christ. And him crucified. Oh there's more to learn yes. But we, we shouldn't leave this behind. No, it ought to be something that we Jesus wanted us to remember he didn't want us to forget his death he didn't want us to forget his blood being poured out it wasn't spilt that that indicates an accident (laughs) we spill stuff that's an accident no it was poured out remember that song we used to sing broken and the song said spilled out We changed it. It wasn't right. He did it on purpose for us. And all all should go away from the Lord's Supper stirred afresh about the great mercy that they've been given from God. The observance of the Lord's Supper should deepen our relationship with Christ and make us walk more circumspectly. That's what it ought to do. I think that taking it too often is not good also. You know, there are churches, denominations that do it every Sunday. It's an every Sunday thing. <clears throat> I think that's too much because it becomes common. You just get used to it and you, there's not this soberness and <clears throat> introspection that needs to take place. We can't be accused of doing it too often. No. No, we haven't done it often enough. But we're going to do it tonight. We're going to take the Lord's Supper.